history, our first goal. This is the Originals Podcast. I'm Sam Lane. Thanks for listening in. Lightning quick, it's suddenly round eight of the 2021 AFLW season. Yep, only two more home and away outings remain for each club this year. On the up, Richmond, winless in its first season and a half in AFL Women's, suddenly has two wins on the board from its last three outings. Hooray! One footballer who's been part of these victories on the field is our guest on the Originals this week. Her name is Tessa Levy. Tessa was the 43rd pick of the 2020 AFLW National Draft. She turns 28 years young in a fortnight. While she may only have five games of AFLW to her name, she brings a wealth of experience from a bigger, wider world. Tessa is an Australian Olympian, an Australian Olympic basketballer, an opal. She is a senior world championship silver medalist, and Tessa also has a very significant gold medal in her kit bag. Commonwealth Games Gold from the Gold Coast Games in 2018. Tessa competed in the 2016 Rio Olympics, and she's got her heart set on an Olympic return later this year at the Tokyo Games, which, as it stands, are postponed to July 2021. Tessa has been a Richmond supporter all her life. So one-eyed, in fact, that she says she simply would not have entertained shooting to join an AFLW side until Richmond was part of the comp, which happened last year in 2020. She was motivated by the AFLW's greatest dual sports success story and the AFLW's greatest player to date, Erin Phillips. Tessa and Erin have been Opal teammates and have talked privately over a number of years now about Tessa's transition and multi-pronged sporting ambitions. But there's a deeper backstory to why Tessa has joined Tigerland before the Tokyo Games that has been her 2020 and life priority until COVID-19 changed, well, everything. I hadn't anticipated Tessa sharing this in our chat. But during the pandemic last year, she lost her brother, Tim. Tim was a devout Tigers supporter, and Tessa tells us in what's coming up, no one has believed in her more than him. I'll let Tessa share the other aspects of that story in her words, which is simple, but moving and beautiful. And if you like what you hear, you'll find 16 episodes of the originals already banked. Find them wherever you download your podcasts and on richmondfc.com.au. It's an extra happy thing that in 2021 we have a sponsor. It's Wise Employment, an organisation that exists to support people who have employment barriers, including mental illness and disability, to find meaningful work. Find out more at wiseemployment.com.au or call 1800 685 105. Now, drum roll please, and big thanks to Lizzie Yore, our star producer for this episode, for this and other sound effects injected with love and humour, as we move into the start of our chat, reliving that night three weeks ago at Geelong, when one of the team members in Richmond's inaugural AFLW win was Tessa Levy. Tessa, thank you so much for joining us uh, on The Originals. I've been so excited to speak to you. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. You won a Commonwealth Games gold medal. You've been at yep. the Rio Olympics. But yep. I don't know, standing there at Geelong doing the singing that you did with your Tiger yes. sisters, 
Was yep. it comparable to those basketball moments? For me, yeah, because, you know, growing up as a kid in in country Victoria, I never thought this was possible for me. I never thought AFL was ever going to be possible to play for Richmond Tigers. It was just not in my mind. And so for me, actually, to be living in this moment right now, like at this club, it was huge for me and something that I can, I guess, it's very similar to being at Rio and... Commonwealth Games, um, you know, I thought those things were out of out of reach for me as well. And to actually have lived those moments is is pretty pretty cool. And yeah, AFL that first win I think is um, something that I'll hold special for the rest of my life for sure. As a test, if you were walking yep. down Burke Street Mall or, and you were wearing your Rio <laughs> Opals tracksuit take five minutes, get changed, walk down Burke Street Mall in your your Richmond jackie, what garners more questions? I would have to say the Richmond. I think just because of the visibility, um, you know, we're everywhere, which is amazing. Um, But also the other part of me, the basketball, uh, it makes me really sad because, you know, I wish I could do that and, walk down the street and people be like, yeah, the Opal's like number two in the world. Like that is something for the last, I don't know how long we've been number two. It's kind of incredible. And that's in the whole world, not just in Australia. So part of me is very irritated because I'd like that for my Australian Opal's as well. The visibility for women in sport in AFL is incredible. When it's another Summer Olympic year, you are playing already in that system that boasts the number two team in the world being the Opals. How on earth you decide to put yourself forward and and get drafted as you did in the 2020 AFL Women's Draft and then be playing. How has that happened? Okay, um, so when the AFLW first came about, I was always very intrigued and interested to see how it would go and my friends would often ask me, like, you're going to go play AFL now and because um, they know that I just love the Tigers and um, I love playing footy. And then I was like, no, no, only ever if Richmond had a women's team. Obviously, a couple of years later, here comes the Richmond women's team. So then I had to start really thinking seriously about it and I was just always going to give myself that chance. Like, I did not – I don't want to grow up and grow old and – have this thought of what if, what if I did play? What if, why not me, you know? Then COVID came around, I guess you could say, and Tokyo got postponed. Um, The idea was to always sort of play this season, but then Tokyo got postponed. And so Tokyo is my number one priority. And I guess that pushed footy back. Um, WNBL COVID season um, actually happened before Christmas. So... Uh, my agent rang me straight away and he's like, you know, we can make this work this year if you really want to. And so it all happened extremely quickly. Um, within 24 hours, he'd said, do you want to have a go at this? Um, and I said, yeah, like, let's let's go for it. Let's crack in and have a crack. You know, why not? Why not right now? And then also during COVID, um, my brother passed away. So that was something that it really hit home and um, I guess made me think about my life and where I wanted to go, who I wanted to be. And Tim was a massive Tigers supporter as well. So as soon as Bruce asked me that question, it was an automatically thought of Tim and thought of my family and was like, yep, 
this is the moment, this is it right now. And I'm so happy that it sort of has happened because I've grown so much from this experience already and I can't wait to just keep improving and playing for the Richmond Tigers, which is really cool. Thank you for that answer and I'm, I'm so sorry about your loss. Um, yeah, thank you. It sounds like, I mean, you're playing basketball for Australia, you're playing footy for Richmond, but playing for Tim too. Yeah, yeah, 100% for sure. What would he be saying about the fact you debuted in round three and you're making this all work, <laughs> you reckon? He'd be pretty impressed, I think, that uh, he was always my biggest supporter, um, so he believed I could do anything. I'm his favourite sister. I mean, I'm his only sister, so it, that had to be the, the only option. <laughs> but, yeah, he'd be really proud of me and what I've achieved so far. And um, I guess just showing that a country kid, you know, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything that you want. And always chase your dreams. I think I think that's a huge thing that I would tell my 12-year-old self is, you know, just go after it and have some fun with it as well. I think that's super important. Did Tim know that you were really serious about playing for the Tigers? Yeah, yeah. I told her. Uh, um, I went up there about four months, I think, before he passed away and spent maybe a couple of weeks there. And, yeah, he was like, are you going to play with the Tigers? And I was like, yeah, like, that's that's the goal. That's what I want to do. And, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that it's all sort of happened for me now, which is cool. Who was Tim's favourite Tiger? Oh, he was always a Richo man, loves Richo. <laughs> um, and then I think um, probably Dusty as well. Um, Dusty's always a fan favourite, I think. And you were just as keen on the Tigers by the sound of it. You were refusing to join AFLW until they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that I want to play for the Tigers. And um, I sort of developed a relationship with a few people behind the scenes Um uh, just before like before I got drafted and about six months prior to that as well, um, just creating some relationships there. So um, Tigers was uh, the place I wanted to be at and it was sort of fortunate enough that it worked out that way that I got um, picked up by them in the draft. So let's, let's pull right back. I had a look at your sort of bio to the best that mm-hmm. the internet could tell me. I verified mm-hmm. it for you before we've gone uh, live with record, so I yep. hopefully won't get this wrong. But I must say, Tessa, when I, I looked at where you've moved around, I was I felt quite tired. Like I was, <laughs> like, geography is not my strong suit. So I had yep. Google Maps and I was like looking at it and I was like, my gosh, this woman's been everywhere. <laughs> because if I'm not mistaken, you're born in Swan Hill, Victoria, and to yep. anyone on the other side of the world, that's a population of about 11,000. It's... Um, on the south bank of the Murray River, you move about four hours away to Hamilton, um, which is actually closer to Mount Gambier in South Australia than it is to Melbourne in Victoria. Uh Then you go to Bendigo, which is about three hours away, still in Victoria. Then you go to Canberra on a scholarship as a 16-year-old basketballer and you, you move into the AIS. Yep. Then you are playing WNBL, you go back to Bendigo from Canberra. Yep. You start at the Canberra Capitals, go to the Bendigo Spirit. Yeah, the Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Then you go to Perth and you become uh-huh. the first ever captain of the Perth Lynx. Yep. 
Then you come back to Melbourne, down to Nong Ranges, then to Bendigo, and now you're here. Yeah, wild ride. Look out. <laughs> wow. Why all this move? Uh, why? Why, why, why? Um, I guess for op- different opportunities. My parents um, always sort of thought I was a little bit special, as all parents do, and that's one of the reasons we moved down to, I guess, uh, Hamilton slash I lived in Casterton, which was um, another 45 minutes from Hamilton. I went to school at Monavay College and then we went to Bendigo to be closer to Melbourne because we would travel. We used to travel every Friday night, four hours to Melbourne to play on a Friday night, train Saturday morning and then back another four hours to Casterton that following day, which is kind of crazy to think of now. So yeah, we moved to Bendigo to be closer to Melbourne whilst playing basketball and chasing those dreams. And when we moved to Benigo a year into that, I sort of got recruited and moved to the AIS and lived there for three years at the AIS under coach Phil Brown, which is an amazing experience in itself. Um, I grew a lot there, uh, learnt a lot. And then after that, you know, it was about opportunity for me. I really wanted to make it in the WNBL and I really wanted to lead a team and showcase my skill and, I had to chase that all the way across to Perth, um, which I do not regret at all. Perth was one of my um, my favourite times. We made finals both years there, and we were just underdogs, which I absolutely loved. I relish in that because, you know, I love sticking it to the favourites. Yeah, and then I've eventually made my way back home to family in Bendigo, and now chasing more dreams down in Melbourne, Richmond. So, you know, I've loved every minute, and I don't look at it like tired at all I just look at it and think yeah like I've really tried to chase everything that's come my way and wouldn't change it for the world true athlete you have a lot of things or are you a compact kind of person at home are you sort of streamlined uh I think I'm streamlined to be honest I don't yeah I don't need much in my life I just love my sport I love my coffee and um I love my friends and family that's it <laughs> throw on a toothbrush and you're fine yeah exactly we're sweet just give me toothbrush in your bag and we're off wherever <laughs> <laughs> so let me unpack this I mean clearly yeah. you were moving around because you're a very talented athlete who yes doesn't have the Olympic ring stamped on her right <laughs> um, um for nothing you know yeah. that you played there you're a Commonwealth Games gold medalist what was it like when you moved into Canberra in the in the Australian Institute of Sport? Three years. Yeah. And the word institute kind of puts the fear into yeah. people. What was it like? At the time, you know, uh, probably six months before I left to go to Canberra, I didn't even know what the AIS was. I had no idea. And I had these girls around me being like, yep, that's my goal. I want to go there. I want to do this. And in my mind, I was like, "What? what is this place? Like, what's going on here? Is there free food or something? Like, I'm about that. I'll go for the food. And then my mum just said to me one day, she's like, oh, you've, do you want to go to AIS on a scholarship? And I said, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm good at home. Thanks for that. But nah. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, come on, Tess, just have a go at it. And um, yeah, I never looked back. You know, the Institute was, I look back and being 16 and I left when I was 18, I think. And um, I grew so much. Phil Brown was incredible. The best teacher, not only with basketball, I think, but, you know, in life as well. He taught us a lot of skills um, off the court, which was um, something that I carry with me to this day. But it was demanding. You know, there's no doubt in my mind it was very demanding. We 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday was um, up at 6, gym at 6.30. I mean, this is in Canberra, freezing cold in the morning. Then we'd go to school. We'd come back from school on a break, do an individual, and then we'd go have some lunch, go back to school, and then we'd come back from school, go to training, two hours of training as a team, and then study hall. Went to dinner straight away pretty much, and then we went to study hall from... Um, I think it was like 8.30 till 10. Yeah, and then we just go to bed, recover, and do it again the next day. What would you say it taught you? It taught me how to live away from home, that's for sure. I had to grow up, I think, really quickly. Um, You know, having to do your own washing, ironing, all that sort of stuff, Uh, making sure you had the right diet. Um, But it taught me a lot of things. Um, With the AIS, you're not only there for your sport, they teach you just general life things as well. So being able to organise your time really well, um, I think that was super important. And they really focused on, you know, you can't do your sport forever, so make sure you're always educating yourself for something after sport, making sure we're set up for life. And who did you meet that we might know in that? I mean, later when yep. you're Rio, you're playing next to... I mean, Erin Phillips, for one, yeah. Miss Cambridge, um, yeah. you would have passed through many. What exposure have you had to Lauren Jackson um, and, yeah. and others? Yeah. Um, through the AIS, I had a lot of exposure because we played in the WNBL still at that time as an AIS team. So I think my first game, I turn up and we're playing the Canberra Capitals, who I think were reigning champions. And, you know, they've got Lauren Jackson, Jess Bibby, um, Kelly Abrams, like all the legends of Canberra and us 16 turning up and playing them, which was um, kind of wild. But I think that made us grow even more as athletes. You know, we competed every single game. We didn't, um, I guess, lay down ever. You know, we were always competing and I think that really irritated some of the older teams. But, you know, that's some. I think we grew a lot as kids um, just knowing that we could compete at any time. Over my time, I've really been lucky enough to have training camps with Liz, with Lauren, Penny Taylor, Erin Phillips, Belinda Snell, all the legends of the game. I was um, really, really lucky. And, you know, I was just like a little sponge, I think, that um, just sat and listened to everything and tried to take in as much as possible. When you saw Erin Phillips join the AFLW in 2017, and just rip it apart, like raise the bar to a level that no one even thought was possible. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? You know, I didn't expect anything less from Erin because I've known Erin for a long time and we travelled a lot um, during Opal's tours and things like that. So she's the ultimate professional. She's, She's someone that, you know, you have your daughter at home and you want them to look up to someone. That's that's Erin Phillips. She looks after her body really well. She trains really hard. And then, you know, she's such a a leader, a natural leader. Just a short pause here to tell you about the first sponsor of the Originals podcast. It's Wise Employment, a Melbourne-based, Australian-owned, not-for-profit organisation that's been helping Australians for nearly 30 years. Wise's ultimate vision is to inspire, transform and enable people to realise their potential. 
WISE pushes for diversity and inclusion in Australian workplaces and it helps people with employment barriers like mental illness and disability to find meaningful work. WISE's partnership with Richmond's AFLW team is motivated by WISE Employment's particular dedication to supporting women athletes and empowering women in all aspects of life. WISE has a Richmond office and over 100 others across Victoria, New South Wales, Tasmania, South Australia, Queensland and the Northern Territory. The friendly team at WISE Employment would love to meet you and discuss how they can help you find employment or help find the right fit for your team. Visit wiseemployment.com.au or call 1800 685 105. And tell them, if you like, that you heard about WISE thanks to the Richmond Footy Club and the Originals podcast. Now, back to our chat with Tessa. Why did you pursue basketball in the first place, Tessa? I love basketball. You know, back in the day, it was... I had to make a choice of athletics or basketball and the the choice came down to basketball because, you know, I wanted friends, I wanted teammates. Um, I was never good at individual sports because that's just not what I was about. So I chose basketball and, you know, basketball has been very, very good to me and I've been lucky enough to have all the opportunities and I think I've grown a lot from basketball and I've been lucky enough to play with a lot of players that, I want to be like um, Christy Harrow is one, for example. She's just someone that uh, is just an incredible athlete, person, and professional. I think we show we showcase a lot of really great professionals in uh, in basketball. Did you get any kickback when <clears throat> it was possible suddenly and almost in yep. a rushed way for you to be putting yourself forward, being drafted by the Tigers? Did anyone say no? No one said no. Um, I think everyone's question was more how. How are you going to do this? And in my mind, I was like, why why not? Like, why not me? Why can't I do both? You know, and if I'm open with my communication between all the clubs that I'm involved with, then I think um, that's something that we can make work and... You know, everyone's been super supportive of it really so far um, and I'm hopeful that that'll be the case moving forward. Which gets more time right now, basketball or footy? Um, At the moment, it's pretty even. Footy, because we're in season, um, so I'm committed to team trainings, all that sort of thing. And But then um, off the field, I'm getting into a basketball court three three times a week this week's probably my busiest week I don't have a day off um so we go Monday Wednesday Friday footy Tuesday Thursday team training with basketball and then we've got our lifting on top of that as well so yeah so but I I'm lucky I've got a really great support staff around me Richmond's been really great Frankston's been great and then my family friends are super supportive um and my management are really great with all that being up front with communication and the Australian Opals have been really awesome as well with that very supportive and I just chatted with with Sandy last week and she's like I've been watching some of your games you're doing really well so um yeah it's it's really cool to sort of have made that happen and not look back 
Yeah. When, you know, you're in this heavy load period right now because it's in season, and I guess, you know, the footy wear and tear as well, like it's impact, all that. What's the biggest thing you notice physically? Are you just sleeping <laughs> like a, you know, a trooper? Are you eating the house down? Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed and I've probably had to adjust to the most is um, I just take a little bit longer to recover from footy. Just the contact is different because you can't see it coming. Um, and then, yeah, I sleep. I try and sleep really well. Um, that's huge for me. And then, yeah, obviously eating. I love to eat. And, yeah, that's had to lift as well because I need that extra energy. And then recovery is huge for me as well. So I'm constantly in with the trainers, sort of getting a rub down. Just if anything's tight, just making sure that I keep on top of my body and making sure that I'm ready to go for basketball or footy at any any time what does good sleeping look like to you nine hours of sleep yeah which is super important and then just in a good chunk too I'm not a napper normally but yeah a good chunk of sleep I've noticed like in this interview you are like got the water bottle just yeah hydrate yeah, I love my water. Um, I don't often drink anything else. So you'll see me and it's like I'm in a relationship with my water bottle because it just comes everywhere with me. <laughs> I tell you, I was introduced to this concept by Katie Brennan, who I, yeah. I've never seen a bigger water bottle than she showed me a few years ago when I wrote a book and she was one of the chapters. Yeah. Um, and yes, this water bottle was like, seriously, it was bigger than I think both of our heads put together. Yeah. He was like, well, that way I keep myself honest. I just drink it every day. I need to chat to KB and get one of these bottles, I think. That'd be awesome. <laughs> sure, she'd help you. Yeah. So then let's let's go to the Olympics. I was yep. so interested the other day. I, I don't know if you heard about it or saw it, but Jenna Hay was on um, a TV program, ABC program mm-hmm. called The Offsiders, and she was asked yep. a really honest question about you know, or to answer honestly about um, does she think Tokyo is going to happen? Yeah. And she actually said no. Yeah. She's like, I just don't know and I'm sort of feeling like no. And I thought, wow, yeah. do you? Oh, it's hard. It's so hard, you know. Um, our Basketball Australia is very committed to it and I, I want it to go ahead and so does every single athlete. Um, but, you know, in a in a world that's so um, unpredictable, who knows what's going to happen in the next four months? Um, things chap, uh, change just like that. So I want it to go ahead, and I think it's going to go ahead. I think they're going to make it work. I think it's just going to look very very different to the usual Olympics than yeah. what we're used to. Yeah. While that is the case, while the Olympics yep. is still possible, what is the biggest risk you take by playing AFLW? Is that it coaches go, she's not fully committed? Is it yep. injury? Is it what? Um, it's both of those things. I'm sure that's questions in her mind um, constantly. I can reassure because, you know, I do I do the on-court sessions um I'm constantly updating on my little athlete monitoring that we do every day and, you know, I'm really trying to make this work. And it's like, I guess, anything, you know, basketball is we play all year round um, and we always have. So there's always that risk of injury, whether you're playing footy or basketball. So ultimately it was a risk that I was happy to live with 
if it were to happen, that if I did get injured and, you know, Tokyo wasn't on the cards, I, I knew that I, I had to ask myself those questions when I was starting to play AFL. I think I'm lucky enough that I've been a professional athlete for a very long time and um, I've lifted since I was 16 um, in the lifted weights. Um, so I think I'm in a good place where I can do both and I understand my body too. So I know when too much and I know when to pull back. Um, I think that's super important as an athlete, understanding your body and what you can and can't, can't do because everyone's different. But yeah, it was a risk that I was willing to take. What's the hardest thing about joining an AFL team that you don't know, even if you can lift, even if you are a, a professional Olympic yep. gold medal winning Commonwealth Games athlete? What's, what's, what's hard? The hardest thing for me was, you know, taking this risk and um, not knowing if I could play football. I haven't played since I was really young and, you know, the women's football is really, really hard. They're talented athletes. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. And I knew that was going to be a challenge um, coming in. So it, for me, it was a risk again that I was willing to take. And I'm just happy that it turns out that I can run around a little bit, which is handy. <laughs> you can certainly run around a bit. Are you feeling it's been noted since your round three debut and yep. um, we're now into round eight, coming into round eight. Just in that short period of time, I think we can see your development on, on field. Are you feeling that? And what do you notice yeah. that you're feeling more confident and comfortable with? Yeah, I can definitely feel that. I'm always, always an athlete that um, had to be involved in the play for me to learn really quickly. And um, the club really put me in a position where I could be successful. So out on the field, um, I'm always learning a lot. And the biggest thing for me was just understanding the positioning and knowing when to impact and when not to impact. I think that was huge for me. And trying to just open the game up as much as possible. Um, yeah, that was the biggest learning curve. And I know that I'm going to be continually just learning because I don't know the game well enough yet to, I guess, get out there and, um, you know, have a go. I'm, I'm constantly watching film. I watch the games back every week um, just to see see what I can do better. Um, and the coaching staff have been really awesome with that. Um, and they're always just telling me to back myself. So I got a lot of confidence in them and I guess that's why I could get out there in, in round three and um, just have a crack. Serious question might yet be ahead of you when you're like, yeah. do I have to make a decision, one or the other? Mm -hmm. I, I wonder, and it's up to you how far you take it and how much you describe, but, you know, if you were a man, Tessa, and you yep. were great at both of these sports, I'm tipping you're either headed for the U.S., and earning a gazillion dollars or you're, yep. you know, a million-dollar player in the AFL-M. Yep. What's the reality for a super-talented woman who yep. plays both? Um, the reality is that there will have to be a difficult decision in the future, um, and I know that. I know that's what I had to think about when I went into nominated for the draft. And, you know, I spoke to my friends and my family about it. And that's something that future Tessa is going to have to deal with, I think. Um, Cause you know, at the moment 
um, I'm able to do both and I love both. So I'm very in a very fortunate position to be able to do this. Um, but I know at some stage that there could be that hard conversation. Um, but yeah, that I'll be ready for it. Um, whatever comes of it, I think anyone will support me in that. Um, as long as I follow uh, what Tessa wants, um, I think, you know, that's all you can really focus on. What's going to add to your happiness, you know, I think that's super important. Do you think that would be catalyzed by opportunities for you in America or abroad? No. Um, I think that's off the cards. Basketball-wise, you know, I'm not going to go overseas. But that's something that has not really, um, I guess, reached out to me because I'm really happy in Australia. I love Australia. I know how lucky we are here. Um, And I've travelled a lot overseas through basketball. Um, So every time I come home, you know, I always feel super grateful that we live in Australia. Yeah, so I'm happy here. (laughs) And I don't want to interrupt that happiness. Yeah. (laughs) So if you can fast forward to future Tessa, what do you think she'll be weighing up? Future Tessa has a lot to um, think of, I think. (laughs) You know, it's not a now Tessa problem. Um, (laughs) I don't want to stress now Tessa out. Yeah, exactly. Now Tessa, we're fine, we're fine. So last one or last couple, what's your highlight? so far from being an Opal? I have a few. Um, You know, obviously Rio was a highlight of mine, um, just going to the Olympics and experiencing that. Then Commonwealth Games Gold, um, that's something that I was super lucky to be a part of and in in our country as well. You know, we don't often get to compete in Australia, um, in our home home country with family, friends able to watch. So that was really special. And then our silver medal in at Spain Worlds, that was that was huge because we had to p- play Spain in the qualifier to get into the gold medal match. We had to play them and in front of a packed stadium of Spanish fans. Like, And that almost feels like there's six players out there on the court at a time. It's um, It was really, really crazy. And the group that we had there, um, the camaraderie, the ability to block them out and win that game, that was huge. And that's something that I will remember for the rest of my life. Yeah. And what will the ultimate AFLW highlight look like for you? What will success be? Success for me um, would be... I guess, how much impact I can have on the other players in this team. Um, You know, I want everyone to reach their potential and I want the club to be successful. You know, that's the ultimate goal. I just want the team to be successful, the club to be really successful and I want to be a part of that. I think I can contribute to that and um, impart maybe some, some knowledge onto the others, which would be really nice. So to close at Tigerland, yep. who scooped you up and, you know, either taught you some tricks or just, you know, when I ask that kind of general question, who springs to mind in that yep. context? A few spring to mind. Um, I often get a couple of messages from KB, Christina Bernardi um, and Sarah Hosking. Those three in particular, they've been really great with just 
telling me to, you know, back myself and make sure that I speak up as well. I think um, just they're like, you know, you've got great, great leadership. Um, your, your footy skills and knowledge isn't where you might want it to be right now, but that doesn't mean you can't speak up and help lead the team which is really cool to hear. And they've often just pulled me aside and taught me a couple of little, little things. Like Benno, she used to play basketball, so she can sort of relate in um, basketball terms. The funniest thing that I am trying to uh, understand is the footy terms versus basketball terms, um, understanding coaching and things like that. So Benno's been really great in that regard, which is cool. Well, Tessa, I, I feel like I could talk until the Olympic come, whether that's in 2021 or 2022 right. or, or we're waiting for Paris in 2024. But yeah. thank you for sharing that insight. It is such a rich sporting career already and you're a couple of weeks away less from turning 28 years young. Yep. Yep. So thank you uh, for sharing what you did. Best of luck and, you know, Tiger's lucky charm, I'm just going to put that in there. <laughs> Essentially, since you joined, there's, there's wins on the board. I appreciate you having me on. It's been great. Go Tigers. <laughs> Tessa's given the Originals trademark Go Tigers sign-off a good go here, just like her teammate Beck Miller did in the previous episode. I love it. I really do. But there is still no replacement for the original sign-off to the originals. And that's from the one, the only, Richmond president, Peggy O'Neill. So, take it away. Sign us off for another week, please, Peggy. Go, Tigers.